everybody. My name is Shauna, and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories. I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hi, everybody. It's over. The green card process is over. Yay. <laughs> If you listen to the end of last week's episode, episode number 37, which was all about Thanksgiving, you probably heard me say at the very end, I'm thankful for the US government giving my husband a green card. In today's episode, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our experience with this bureaucratic process. The process where my husband, who is Brazilian, Applied for a green card and got it. So my husband will also come on. He's actually here right now. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and he'll also share his thoughts on the matter. Just as a heads up, neither of us are lawyers. So please take what we are saying with a grain of salt. In other words, do not interpret our understanding of the immigration process as the ultimate truth. <laughs> I just wish I had known people willing to share their stories with me when I had started. Yeah,、so. definitely me too. For those of you who are not aware, a green card is an actual card that enables a foreign national to stay in the United States as a permanent resident. The green card is also known as a permanent resident card. So with it, you can legally work in the US and also travel in and out of the country as you please. That is, as long as the green card is valid. The card itself we got in the mail yesterday. We had received an official acceptance letter a few days prior. So I knew that when a fancy priority USPS envelope showed up in the mailbox, that there would probably be a green card inside of it. So Lucas and I were really excited when we got that envelope in the mail and I brought it into his studio. He turned on the Star Wars theme song. Yep. For us to open it. <laughs> epic moment. It was an epic moment. Yeah, we danced around a few minutes before actually looking at the card and examining what was on it. And it's really crazy. It has holographic images on the front. There's his laser engraved fingerprint.、Uh, I actually read on USCIS, that's the government website for this, that the quote, state of the art technology incorporated into the new card prevents counterfeiting. Obstructs tampering and facilitates quick and accurate authentication, which makes a lot of sense because、um, if you look on Google for the original green cards from around 1949, they look like something a preschooler could have made in art class <laughs> with some green cardstock and maybe some bad scissors. Yep. Anyway, they've improved a lot. So since Lucas and I have been married for over two years, He was given a regular green card, which is valid for 10 years. Our lawyer told us that we were actually lucky because if we had gotten married less than two years ago, he would have only received what's considered a conditional residency for which he would have to reapply in two years time. So as a permanent resident through marriage, we can apply for citizenship or go through the naturalization process, we call it. Three years from now. In many other circumstances, it can take up to five years to apply for citizenship. The funny thing I found about this permanent resident versus citizenship thing is that many of the Americans I've spoken to 
since this process began, don't actually know the difference between a permanent resident and a citizen. Is there any advantage to becoming a citizen? When you become a citizen by successfully going through the naturalization process, you no longer have to worry about renewing your green card. So that's one perk. According to our lawyer, although a green card permits you to go in and out of the country, some border officials can stop you, right, at their own discretion and do extra questioning. Also, if you commit a federal crime, it can, of course, be taken away. Citizenship, on the other hand, is permanent, so there aren't any expiration dates, and with it, you have the right to vote on election day. As a citizen, you can also be called to jury duty, which is a mandatory duty or service when you need to be a member of the jury in court. The jury is a group of people who decide the verdict in a legal case. I've actually never done jury duty before, but I can be called any day. And when Lucas gets his citizenship, which he plans on doing, then uh, he also might have to do jury duty. So one of the things I found particularly interesting is that Lucas actually had to promise that he would not accept any federal assistance, right? Whereas when you're a citizen, you can, of course, get federal assistance, which are any social services. For example, if you want to get Medi-Cal or Medicare So healthcare that's uh, subsidized by the government. If you want to have, like, for example, WIC, um, which provides food or anything like that. So in the the case of someone that has the green card, you got to do all private, right? Private companies. Well, it's interesting because you can technically apply Mm -hmm. for federal assistance. And most likely, I mean, if you have the certain financial criteria that they're looking for, then they would give you federal assistance. But the thing is, um, I'm not sure if this is just now with um, the specific president that we have, but uh, they highly discouraged that. And they made you promise, remember, and they, the, yeah, in the interview that you wouldn't receive federal exactly. assistance. And they made whoever is the sponsor agree that if yeah. I ever need it, they're going to need to pay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We had a joint sponsor. What is a joint sponsor, Lucas? You uh, it's a combination of your income with uh, your parents' income. Mm-hmm. To, to provide enough evidence that if I ever need some assistance, the government is not going to be paying, mm-hmm. but the sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know? In this circumstance, because Lucas is working from Brazil, he has clients in Brazil. His money is in Hayes, which is a, of course, different currency. And so we needed a joint sponsor that has money in the United States that can provide assistance to us so that we are not a burden on the federal government in any certain way. And that's very important because uh, whoever is trying to uh, to get the green card, it doesn't matter how much money you have in your country, in mm-hmm. your currency. Uh, the American government doesn't care for that. They want exactly. to know whoever can help you here in dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very, very important. Actually, that's one of the reasons why we went to a lawyer in the first place, because I made the mistake of actually entering his eyes on the document, and they thought he was working in the United States, which, yeah. of course, if you're trying to adjust your status to become a permanent resident, if it looks like you're working illegally in the United States, of course, you're not going to get that accepted. That's a red get, flag. Yeah, yeah, big red flag. So, um, yeah, let's get on to um, talking about Lucas's experience getting this green card. So, 
I have a few questions for you. Is it okay if I just yeah. shoot? Yeah, shoot. My first one is before beginning the green card process, what did you think it would be like? Well, honestly, I thought it was going to be like exactly how it was. Extremely hard, extremely long. It would take a long, long time, but it actually took longer than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like something around seven to eight months. And I heard stories before. I knew that was an interview. You needed like a big stash of documents mm -hmm. and um, all sorts of proof. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard stories before, so it wasn't a surprise. But the time it took, it was a surprise. How long did it take? It took almost 14 months. Am 14 I right? months, yes. Wait, so June 2018 until November 2019. Yeah, so... Yeah, around there. But that's also because we were married in Brazil beforehand. Yes, exactly. Right. We did not get married in the United States, so our documents were. Yeah, because there are two abroad. ways for you to start the process. For yeah. instance, if you're an American and you live in a different country with your spouse and you start the process there, is a different route. Mm -hmm. It takes much longer. Mm -hmm. If somehow you got <clears throat> entered the United States and you're already married and you just need a change of status, it's another route, mm -hmm. which is faster. Right. 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 We actually talked to the lawyer about that during um, the waiting period to go into the office with the immigration official for the official interview. And she was actually commenting on how different presidencies affect the immigration process. Yeah. There is a big impact in that since the, the current administration has been active, It's been a little bit more difficult for people that are in foreign countries and applying for a green card from outside of the United States. She said that some of the weird things were that there there are more CAPTCHAs for people to submit. CAPTCHAs are those little codes that you need to solve to prove that you are not a robot. And that sometimes there's up to five CAPTCHAs in order to submit a form online. Yeah. Um, also, she did mention something else. What was it? Oh, and that the pages of the government website will time out. You know, when you're on a website and suddenly the page is no longer there because you timed out, the time ran up. Yeah. yeah. So that also is something that they implemented to make it more difficult. Yeah. So that's another reason if you're thinking long term, I didn't think I was going to get citizenship. It wasn't in my mind because in my mind, I needed to get rid of my Brazilian citizenship. And that was weird for me. After I saw the whole process and the lawyer saying, depending on the law and the government, everything can change. You never know what's going to change and it can affect your situation. So the safest thing to do, if you're thinking long term, it's to apply for a citizenship. Right. And then you're completely protected exactly. as a regular. And you don't need to go. Uh, yeah. Because if you ever need to go through the whole process again, it's just like. It's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It's something you can yeah. do one time, but two times, I don't know. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned before that you would need to have a whole like, stack of papers or stash of papers yeah. um, in order to go through this process. What sorts of things did you need to collect in order to prove to the immigration official that you we were, in fact, in a bona fide marriage? Yeah, uh, I thought we needed to prove many more things. But the core is whether or not it's a real marriage, a bona fide mm -hmm. marriage. Yeah. That's the term that they use, bona fide, which, yeah, which just means it's real or it's legit. Real, legit. If you're mm -hmm. ever going through the process, remember, you got to save everything. Yeah. Flight tickets, right. anything that Flight. you guys do together. Yeah. Everywhere you go, you take a picture because those are the things you got to bring. If you can have a, a bank account together, if you can have um, proof of income together, proof of address together, 
utility bills utility from like bills. showing that you're both on the energy yeah. bill. So yeah. any document that can prove that over a specific period of time, you guys did stuff together. Yeah. And you have proof of that. You have pictures. Right. Pictures very important. We, right. That we was printed very, a lot of pictures. They said 20 to 30 pictures um, yeah. throughout yeah. the relationship. And, and, and we actually had exactly. to, the lawyer recommended putting them on a document, on a separate document all together and then labeling each one who's who you know what relation that person is to you guys and yeah not obviously not staged for the immigration official right staged means you know prepared specifically for them so they like when they see you know casual situations or when there are other people involved for example christmas gatherings or nights at the bar with a big group you know things like that Exactly. So whatever can prove that your marriage is real is what you got to bring. So Mm -hmm. everything counts. Mm -hmm. And also everything in a timeline, everything Mm -hmm. with dates, everything, Mm -hmm. specific dates. Plus, you got to remember in your head all that information. Right. That was one of the things that I think I was a little bit surprised about when we went into the lawyer and they told us that we would need to know the specific dates when he entered the United States, specific dates where he lived at certain addresses for the past five years. And so the dates were so important and everything had to align with what we had written on the document, right? So the two documents that we have um, in order to get this green card through marriage were the I-130, which I initially submitted saying that I want uh, Lucas to come to the United States. And then the I-485, which is the adjustment of status document in order to get the green card itself. So the questions that he asked in the interview were from those two specific documents. Yes, exactly. And plus, you got to have specific memories, not only the date for milestones of a relationship, but actually specific memories on how you met, how was your first kiss and weird questions like that. On that matter, you mentioned that you talked to a few friends about their experiences with getting a green card. Uh, can you share a little bit about what your friends' experiences were? Because you had two friends, right? Yeah. So uh, you mean like how the, they the interview, the how the interview was for them? The yeah. thing is, there is a dress code. Right. So uh, it's very important. And a lot of people don't know that. So men have to wear suits and yes. women have to wear dress pants or maybe a nice blouse, maybe even yes. a suit jacket. Yeah, you cannot mm-hmm. go like, with your regular clothes, right? You cannot yeah, go no with jeans, flip-flops. shorts, flip-flops. <laughs> no yeah. bathing suit top. <laughs> yeah, it's a very serious interview. So I have this friend that didn't know, he didn't have a lawyer to tell mm-hmm. him that. So he went to the interview with his wife and he was wearing shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> and she was, I don't know, she was wearing... She's the, a little bit punk rock. Yeah, but yeah. she was wearing the uniform of her, her work, I think. Now oh, I remember. really? Yeah. And they were very unprepared for the mm-hmm. interview. When they got there... The person that was interviewing them was like, you know that I'm an authority, right? Mm-hmm. They looked at him. First thing she said. I'm a judge. <laughs> I'm a judge. And then he realized she was very put together and uh-huh. they were very sloppy. Right. They were like, oh my God, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I thought it was something that I would do over the counter. Yeah. Right? Uh, and it's not. You actually go in the room with the person. You sit right in it's front of them. It's a little small like, office. They yeah. have their computer and all exactly. your documents out. They're wearing a suit. And tie if it's a man or they're wearing nice clothing if it's a 
female officer? He actually said that that helped because she was like, well, you guys look very confident in your marriage. I mean, you have, I mean, they were together for years and years and years. Although I wouldn't recommend that. No, but you'd never do that. <laughs> never do. It definitely helps if you take the interview very seriously and you respect the person, especially yeah. the way you speak to them. You, you refer to them as a sir for men and ma'am for women. Yeah, which yeah. was really funny beforehand because I kept telling Lucas, okay, when we practice this, because we practiced a few times through a beforehand, yeah. <laughs> going through the documents and quizzing each other on our relationship, which is real, but at the same time, you just got to remember some of the details. And I'm like, okay, Lucas, you have to refer to me as ma'am, right? If I am pretending to be the immigration official and he'd accidentally call me sir at times, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do that in the interview. You're yeah. going to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Yeah, you, you definitely got to practice it. Yeah. The other friend, he's a Brazilian that has citizenship already, American citizenship. And then he brought his Brazilian girlfriend and he got married to her. So mm -hmm. imagine it's a Brazilian that, you know. Married a Brazilian. Married a Brazilian. <laughs> so they went to the interview and they had a really tough time. It wasn't a very long uh, marriage. Mm -hmm. So the person kept asking for proof and then they made them go back a second time. If they don't have enough proof to see if it's a real marriage, they ask you to go a second time. And what they do, yeah. they separate you in different rooms and they ask the same exact questions and see if you answer the same thing. And that can get very specific. You know? What were some of the questions our lawyer talked to us about? Oh, she said that they ask, uh, what is what is the color of their toothbrush? <laughs> Or right. what's their favorite, I don't know, very specific things. What side of the bed do they sleep on? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if it's a fake marriage, I think they get a lot of people. Right. Through those through crazy those things, questions. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, if your marriage is real, I mean, just keeping the documents, I think, is the most important thing over time. If you have solid them. proof, you're definitely yeah. not going to need to go through a second interview. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, we did most of the process of preparing for this interview on our own. But we did have a lawyer. What was the role of our lawyer? I well, mean... First of all, Shauna was my lawyer <laughs> for a year. She needed to go through all the documents and it was very hard, very tricky. And she managed to do it. But then as we approached the, the end line, the finish line, we knew that the interview was coming. And then we were like, now it's time to get a lawyer. Right, because I had made a few mistakes that yeah. I mentioned before. So it was um, a good decision, right? Yeah, I think we could have done it on our own. It's kind of tricky because I think the lawyer, they gave us very good tips, especially yeah. the one we just shared with you about the dress code and about preparing these documents. But at the same time, it's pretty expensive. I remember asking the lawyer in the very beginning uh, how much it would have cost if we had started from the very, very beginning. It would have been $5,000 or $6,000. Yeah. And uh, for us, just finishing the process, doing simply just a correction of one of the documents and going to the interview with us was $2,000. But then again, it is one of the most important things yeah. that you're and doing think, in your life. Yeah, it's very expensive. But I heard like much higher prices in like bigger cities like LA. Uh, Tiago said $10,000. Oh, really? Yeah. So wow. I think it varies depending where you are, but mm -hmm. it can get very expensive. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could have done everything on our own but at the same time it did give a sense of security I yes think. it definitely definitely yeah. helped and so what was the lawyer's role in the actual interview well the way i saw it it was like <laughs> uh, she was a backup 
kind of gives the impression that you take it seriously, where you you show the person that's interviewing you that you, you, know, you seek help to do the process the right way because the, the lawyer, that's what they're supposed to do, to guide you through the, the documents and uh, make sure you don't screw up. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it kind of gives you like this security that they know that you're not joking around, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. What I read about it is actually if they separate you in two different rooms and they st- start pressuring you to answer different questions, you can actually say, hey, I, I'm not comfortable with this and I need to talk to my attorney, mm-hmm. which is your lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. So they're there to kind of mm-hmm. represent you if something goes really bad mm-hmm. and you need an extra voice. Mm-hmm. I think I know they can do that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, she just sat there and she, mm-hmm. just, she didn't say anything. Right? right. Okay. So you thought having a lawyer was important for us? Uh, yeah, before the interview, for sure. Mm-hmm. They make sure you have all the proof and they kind of explain what the questions are because they go to those interviews every day. So they mm-hmm. know it really well. So mm-hmm. that's important. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you can think of that was interesting or you think would be valuable for someone who might be going through this process? So the most important thing for me, for my case, it was that once I arrived in the United States, we applied for the the one yeah the travel document exactly and also for his EAD which is his um, employment authorization document yeah well right yeah. right from the beginning <clears throat> you cannot work and you cannot travel so those documents they can take from three to six months depending where you are you can sometimes take, even more I think more. depending on the state exactly yeah. so you got to be prepared to stay in the United States a period of time without working. If you're able to work or have clients in your country that you can work from the United States, that definitely helps because um, you can make money in other places, but you cannot work in the United States until you get your work permit. Right. And that was really tough because I needed to manage to keep my clients. I had opportunities showing up in the United States and I couldn't take it because um, I wasn't allowed to work until I got the work permit. Yeah, which ended up coming the week before we had the green card interview. Exactly. When so you have the green card interview, it's no longer valid, exactly. right? Because so you get the official one. That's definitely one of the hardest things. But other than that, you gotta just make sure you gather all the proof. That's like the the key point. Honestly, given our case was a real marriage and we have a baby, the lawyer that we ended up going to claimed that our case was a piece of cake. Yeah, Julia definitely helped. Julia Julia <laughs> she, definitely helped. We brought her to the yeah. interview. Um, can you tell me really quickly what our interview was like? Okay, so we prepared for the worst case scenario, right? So we practiced all the hard questions that the lawyer said mm-hmm. that they could ask. But actually what happened, we got in the room with Julia and the lawyer and the guy actually left us for last during mm-hmm. his shift. Because I think he thought our case was really easy because we had a kid. Mm-hmm. We we were married for over uh, two years. Mm-hmm. and uh, Yeah, the lawyer said that actually they get all of the documents for each individual couple yeah. 20 minutes before yeah. they actually call you in. So they don't have it, that much time to look through everything. Yeah. So we were ready for any questions. So we got there. The guy was really quick. He just wanted to go home. Yeah. He was like, okay, guys, uh, this, 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 and that. It was like just ABC questions, mm-hmm. just the standard ones. He asked one question about our relationship, how we met. And then there are but a lot of criminal. no questions. The no questions are about 40 questions that they need to ask you about federal 
crimes and stuff. Yeah. Like, so have, are you involved in prostitution? Exactly. Are you have a you, drug have, dealer? Have you ever smuggled <laughs> yeah. illegal drugs into the United yeah. States? Are you a spy from any terrorist Are you group? involved in espionage, right? Yeah. yeah. So all those questions, they're all no. So he asked like probably 10 of those and it was no, 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 no. So the key point for our interview was when I arrived in the, in the United States. So my case was specific because right after I arrived, I needed to get the, the parole document, which is a document that allowed me to travel for a specific amount of time for a very specific reason. And I, I got one of those to, to go to Brazil to work. And that got a little bit confusing. So, but he, he was just like going over like the dates, mm -hmm. like, oh, when you arrived and when mm -hmm. was your advanced parole? And after he got those dates, it was very, very fast. Mm -hmm. 10 minutes and the interview was over. Mm -hmm. Julia definitely helped. I think he had no doubt that mm -hmm. it was a real marriage. All right. So that's it. For this episode, I hope it was a little bit helpful hearing about our experience with the green card process. I hope if you're going through this process, uh, you can talk to someone who's gone through it before. You shouldn't be too afraid if your marriage is bona fide. Just have all of those documents prepared. And if you need to see a lawyer, they usually actually have one free meeting before they start charging. So I know that when I went to the first meeting, I got a lot of questions answered for free before I actually hired them. So definitely take advantage of that if you do have some questions while you're filling out the forms, especially if you're doing them on your own. Other than that, nothing really else to say except yep. that that green card is kind of blue. Exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> you, you expect it to be green, right? The green card, but yeah. it's, it's blue. <laughs> right. I think it's blue too. Yeah. We'll have to ask people because uh, Lucas and I have had an ongoing battle about me being colorblind, but he actually <laughs> agrees that the green card is sort of blue. So yeah. I'll post an image um, of a green card on my Instagram account if you want to give your input on the color of the green card. <laughs> but other than that, the transcript is available on the website at AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. You can access my Instagram at AmericanEnglishPodcast. Thanks, Lucas, for being here. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anytime. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.